I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fiber, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Andrew Jenkinson, biatric surgeon, telling us why we eat too much and what we can do about it. When you look around the high streets, you'll see people with the condition, which I would call a disease because it is, it's called blockage of this weight regulation hormone. Walking around with six months, or you know, at the extreme, they could survive a year without eating. These extremely obese people who are 30 stone. And, and that's because their weight regulation signal, which is called leptin, is blocked. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Have you heard the news? The Indo Daily is up for a Listener's Choice Award. Head over to the irishpodcastawards.ie forward slash vote. If you like the Indo Daily, you can follow us on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Fuck you, cancer. Today on the Indo Daily, three years ago, Ian Ward received shocking news that would forever change his life. The personal trainer was diagnosed with stage 3 brain cancer. Despite the prognosis, Ian decided to take on a series of challenges to raise money for cancer research, with a unique way of fundraising. I'm Fionn Sheen, and today I'm joined by the self-proclaimed king of chemo, Ian Ward. Ian, tell me about you, your background, where are you from? Uh, So originally from uh, Clontarf, moved out to England during the recession, I couldn't get jobs in the paramedic field, so I decided to switch over to nursing, which I thought would be a similar field, and I was very, 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 very wrong. Uh, the lack of autonomy and the, the huge amount of paperwork was uh, awful. And uh, so then in my third year, I thought I was being, you know, uh, a mature adult and sticking with it the whole way through. And then in my third year, I finally decided this is not, you do not want to do this at any point in your life. You need to quit this now. You're not happy. You've never been happy with this. None of your placements you have enjoyed. And then so I switched and I made the switch to sports science, which I was very grateful that I did. Uh, went to St. Mary's, started working in gyms, teaching fitness classes, and uh, yep, yeah, been very happy working with that job. Tell us about the rather unorthodox way in which you actually found out that you had cancer. You were literally just doing a medical trial, so it there was no there was no symptoms. You weren't feeling unwell or anything like that. I made myself into a human guinea pig because they absolutely throw money at you, and the uh, the health risks are actually very very low, despite what you might think from like The Simpsons or something where. Uh, Bart gets turned into a monster or Homer gets, you know, a load of robot parts sticking out of his head. And I went in and in one of these health checks that they do, the advanced uh, high-level health checks, uh, they put me in for an MRI and they discovered that I had a brain tumor. And then when they were announcing it to me, uh, like, you have a 
uh, a brain tumor, this is uh, we think it's benign, but you need to go in and you need to have a second specific scan where we uh, where they do some stuff to to be sure. How did you handle the, that news, though? Uh, the first time, uh, my instant reaction was, ah, am I still able to do the medical trial? And then their response was very, no, this is an extremely, uh, <laughs> uh, ex- extremely serious medical condition. You cannot come on this medical trial. And so I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, ah, well, no money for me. So that was my first reaction. I was like, oh, God, I was hoping to be able to go to Peru a second time. Next reaction was when I was brought in again after the second scan and they said, no, this is actually very serious. We've seen a, a huge amount of growth, about a 30% size growth uh, since the previous scan. And that is uh, very dangerous. That is aggressive. Uh, that probably means that it is cancerous. And so that was the first kind of hit that it was uh, flush with a load of negativity. But... It didn't last too long because the doctor who was um, talking to me, he just got on pretty quickly to uh, um, solutions and sort of ways of dealing with it, which is exactly what I needed to hear. He, he, he read the room very well. Were you getting support from, from family and friends? And how were you relating this serious news to them? Um, so I first got the second information uh, just before my brother's birthday was coming up. So I was like, ah, now I didn't know whether to tell them or not at all because uh, with COVID uh, and generally, um, I'm not going to make myself out to be like some sort of a super hard man, but I kind of felt like it would be easier to deal with by myself and talk to them after the the surgery that was my original thought because i thought that they would be overwhelming me with questions and it was just like i don't know the answers to these questions i don't want to i don't want to think about it you know uh, i've made the right decision at this stage and now all i have to do is go into the surgery so the less i talk about it the better because it's kind of like going over the top in world war 1 talking about it a lot isn't going to make it any easier for what you have to face so you may as well just kind of you know, get some, uh, for want of a better phrase, get some Dutch courage and, you know, keep off the topic and then deal with it only in moments before you, uh, you have to do it. That was my ethos. But then because it was going to possibly affect my speech, uh, and I talked to my friends first before my family and they said, nah, you have to tell them, uh, because it could affect my speech. It became an issue where I have to tell them now because otherwise it's, I might not be able to tell them properly afterwards. How did you break the news? Uh, family Zoom call. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, that, was, that was the COVID uh, effect kicking in there. And, and their reaction to that was? Um, yeah, it was good. My brother did the same thing as the doctor and he got straight onto questions. Questions of treatment and sort of looking for the realistic positive side of things. And so he set the tone for the atmosphere at that uh, from their end. And so from then, I don't think we've had any kind of down, uh, down days in uh, in the in the family because it's it's uh, no symptoms is makes things a lot easier because not the less I think about it, but uh, it doesn't get in my way of what I want to do. If anything, it does the exact opposite. It's a huge kick straight up to the top of the mountain to uh, to get so much of my stuff done. I probably wouldn't be on this podcast if I was just, you know, raising, trying to raise the most amount of money um, for a charity ever. That's, you know, an interesting subject matter. But when you add in the fact that like, you know, hey, this lad's dying, <laughs> you know, it adds a, a certain je ne sais quoi to, uh, to the situation. Adds a bit of drama. And 
have the doctors actually given you a, a, a time frame in this regard? On paper, it's about five years. And then they quickly were to add in, however, your situation is, is completely off the charts because so few people come in at the age of 30 with no symptoms and getting a, a scan that has a brain tumor in it. No symptoms going into uh, going in is is a huge um, benefit in medical terms. Uh, I, um, I I'm terrible for giving uh, his his name credit now, but uh, there was that guy from the Wanted um, who had a very similar uh, situation to me, both in his age and his type of brain tumor. However, he was misfortunate. Uh, he didn't have that, you know, that need for money <laughs> when I went in for the uh, uh, the research and he didn't get his scan until he was having uh, uh, symptoms. And like he's no longer with us. They weren't able to have uh, surgery on him because it was he was a too late of a stage. Again, it comes back to how I am incredibly lucky and unlucky. I'm the most unlucky, lucky man in the world. Yeah, that was that was poor Tom Parker from the, the one. Tom Parker, that's it. Yeah, what about Tom Parker surgery so you you've had surgery how 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 did that work out so yeah the surgery went in and uh that was that was really unpleasant that was like the scene at a casino where joe pesci has your man's head in the vice and because like though they say that your brain doesn't have a uh, nervous tissue like the rest of your head still does so uh it you feel the the pressure uh, the intense pressure of uh having your head sawed open with a bone so and you know that thing isn't subtle either that comes off like something straight out of woody's diy it isn't it's not like something that you'd imagine it is in sort of terms of uh surgery you think everything is like teeny tiny um, like you know little micro uh tools and it really isn't they they have a buzz saw you just went for local anesthetic did you yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was uh, the left temporal uh, lobe and I'm right-handed, that meant that it could affect my speech. So they were saying that at no point is it a good thing or is it beneficial long-term for me to go uh, under on an anesthetic because uh, it means that even if they did it for just when they're opening up my school when they don't need anything from me in terms of like, you know, can you read this, can you read that, they were then saying that when you come become awake... After that part, you'll still be a little bit groggy. So it, it does slightly defeat the purpose of uh, staying awake for the whole thing. And so I was just like, ah, yeah, like there's not, let's just tolerate the whole thing. Okay. I'm sure it can. If, if like, I kind of was thinking like, you know, if other people have gone through it, then I can get through it. It's no different than doing a marathon. No one wants to do it. But if you actually put yourself in the position, you've signed up to the race, very few people actually drop out of the marathon once they've actually gotten to the front line. That's always the most difficult thing in anything in life, and I really do believe that. It's getting the first two feet out the door. And, uh, yeah, the surgery was no different. Following on from surgery, what, outline the, the rest of the, the treatment then that you're, you're going to be going through. Uh, so afterwards, it was something called uh, radio radio therapy, yeah. which is where they uh, send uh, radioactive lasers through your your head, which sounds like something straight out of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, fun fact: Mark Ruffalo also has a brain tumor. He doesn't uh, mention that much, 
but uh, still fairly interesting. And uh, yeah, so they uh, fire a load of lasers through your head uh, in such a way that they are able to target the exact point uh, in your head and not really affect the other areas around as much. And um, then the other part was the chemotherapy. But again, because it's brain cancer, it is way more easier to deal with because the organ, the brain is the most important organ in the entire body. Nothing even compares to it slightly. Chemotherapy has this uh, reputation, and it's justified, uh, of being a horrific treatment to have to go through. And that is because it is a poison. It's just more poisonous for cancer cells than it is for uh, the rest of the human body. So it's kind of like um, probably where that phrase, the cure is worse than the disease, comes from. And um, they, can't, but they can't do that with brain cancer because they can't blast your brain with a heavy dose of poison because then you just die. So uh, it does mean that the chances, it, it turns the disease into a terminal disease as opposed to something that can be treated, which, you know, obviously is not a, a positive, but it doesn't come without its silver linings. My chemotherapy was very mild. Uh, I, it didn't affect my diet. But yet, you seem exceptionally positive, and you've you've basically decided you're going to take this challenge head on. So what what's the plan? Um, yeah. So what I tried to do is I tried to get sponsors to do most of the legwork, and uh, so what I've been aiming for is uh, I basically kind of reverse engineered. Uh, how two really big people on social media are able to donate quite a lot to uh, to charity. And it's just because they have money because their channel is really popular. And so I was looking at them and I was thinking, well, what if you're, the intention of your, your model uh, for your channel from the get-go was to be the number one charity person? So tell me about the concept of, of the king of chemo. And what, what, are, what are the world record attempts that you're looking at here? The reason that I uh, tried to do all the uh, sponsorship rather than asking people for the donations all the time, even though if they want to, they can go on to curecancer.com, which uh, I am very pleased to say that uh, there are different global uh, cancer research charities that everybody can donate to. And even though my two sponsors are both British, Ireland is still number one for uh, the biggest uh, donation. So go on, the lads. So uh, I just tried to make sure that all the, the videos that I'm putting out are like some, most of them, the ones that are successful are kind of motivational videos. I've only kind of adopted this because I, I naturally kind of swear a bit. I like, you know, I'm not a sailor, but like I swear a little bit. And then it seems like one of them, one of my uh, phrases just kind of caught on because all a lot of people keep commenting, fuck you, cancer. And it's like, oh, okay, so that's kind of, that's my phrase now, is it? Okay, that's going to make things difficult in the future. But like, you know, I guess we don't really have the choices for what phrases um, become, you know, well known. Tell me, why have, you, why have you gone down the marathon route then? Oh, well, that just sort of made a lot of sense. I'd previously done the Dublin Marathon before. I had done the London Marathon before. Uh, I, I was, so that was like when I went to charitable, charity, uh, that was the first thing that popped into my head because it's like it was a it was direct conflict. You know, a man with cancer runs marathon. Already that's interesting. And then so uh, I then looked into it further and was like, I wonder what the world record is for how much money has been raised for um, uh, cancer. So I was just kind of uh, brainstorming a bit and it was like very quick that the 
uh, the things that I was looking for was just sort of perfect because it was the money that needs to be raised is 2.3 million, which is a lot of money. But it's also a money that in my head is uh, achievable. The fact that it is not just I want to raise this amount of money, but when you're able to say I want to break a world record, this is the amount of money. I think other people want to get involved in that because it's not just about uh, getting to a certain number. It's because everybody who donates, they are a part of that world record, which is a cool thing to say, I think, anyway. You know, if someone breaks a world record, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I was one of those people. You know, it took a, it took a million people to do it, but, like, I was one of the million. And so it's the, the London Marathon in October. That's the goal. That's the goal. Although it's not going to stop there uh, straight away after whether I... Uh, achieve it there and then or whether I do not uh, I'm not going to stop doing this it's too much fun I'm going to be back in Dublin for the uh, the Dublin Marathon probably going to dress as something wacky for that one um, but I uh, haven't quite figured it out but uh, yeah it's just it's just, there's so much so many doors are being opened now for people wanting to do things wanting me to do things with them I'm I'm going to be going across the whole of America on bike uh, down Route 66, doing 66 miles uh, every day. I'm having too much fun with it. I'm never going to stop until I'm in a coffin. Yeah, you're a big movie buff. So it it uh, what's coming to mind for me is kind of the Forrest Gump model. You're just going to keep on running, running, running until you you're yep. running empty. So the the plan is you're just going to keep on fundraising through marathons and 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 cycles. But you're you're going to adopt this model of of sponsorship uh, by by brands through social media as well as people sponsoring you directly. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's not just going to be me just running the marathons or me just teaching fitness classes. Like the variety doesn't uh, doesn't stop. I like it's as creative as it can be. So where can people find out more about you, donation, and follow you online? Uh, the most powerful thing that you can actually do is by far uh, following all of the social media channels. The King of Chemo, they're all the same name. And if you want to go one step further, uh, you can go to curecancerdietrying.com. Hopefully, we'll change that website soon enough to the same thing so it's easier to manage. And you can donate on that site or you can just kind of dig around on any of the other social media uh, platforms, they're all kind of different to give them all a little bit of a unique taste. Uh, there's more questions and answers on my uh, YouTube. YouTube was my first uh, social media baby, so you can go right the way back to the very start of the story on YouTube. TikTok would be the bigger one. That's the one that has like um, nearly two and a half million followers. And Instagram is uh, much the same to, uh, to TikTok in terms of what videos get uploaded onto it. So follow them all, comment on them all, hit the bell, do all that sort of stuff. And then if you really want to go that extra mile, donate at CureCancer or DieTrying.com. And the very best of luck to you, Ian, with your endeavors and, and keep on running. Yeah, thank you very much. And my thanks to the king of chemo, Ian Ward. I'm Fionn Sheehan, and today's episode was produced by Gareth Mulhall with sound by Gavin Hennessy. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. You can find all helplines relating to any of today's content on independent.ie forward slash helplines.